0: Welcome to Views from the Monster, the podcast formerly known as Ship City. I'm your host, Connor, and I'm joined by my good pal, Aaron, and we're here to talk socks and break down everything happening with our beloved red stockings. Without further ado, let's get into it. Aaron, what happens? What's, happened? <laughs> uh, what's, uh, what's been going on?
1: Well, we're, uh, we're under a new name now, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you didn't know. Um, uh, so basically the idea behind this is that we wanted to shift our focus solely onto one sport because doing all four sports started to become more like an hour long recap show rather than like, us our based. opinions and talking and, you know, playing games and, you know, do like doing stuff other than just like, Literally, we all we were doing was okay. Hi, everyone. Let's talk about what happened, and then that's it. Let's roll on.
0: Mm-hmm. We and- felt that this way we could have a better conversation about a sport mm-hmm. that we both know a lot about. We're both mm-hmm. very passionate about. Uh, obviously, we're not. We're still Celtics fans. Still, or you're still a Pats fan. Still trying to get into the Bruins, but we think it's just better to kind of focus all of our energy to one topic and give you yeah. guys a better product we feel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so be prepared for everything baseball related. And then also, you know, every we'll we'll dip our toes into the other stuff every so often. Yeah.
0: We, we still live you know. or we still are fans of Boston sports. Um Yeah. So, from time to time we'll talk Celtics and Mixed in some past, I assume.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that said, there's a lot to talk about this week. We had we, we chose a good week to focus on the socks. To rebrand, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh man, so I we got to start just I guess chronologically. So, well,
1: do I, Do we want to do? Do we want to do a little baseball trivia before? Yeah, yeah. Let Let's
0: wet our whistles first. All
1: right. Alright, what wet the whistle. Um, all right. This is from uh uh so saber their fifty at fifty baseball trivia that they do uh, mm-hmm. every year as part of their annual convention. Um so I'm gonna just go a couple of these and we'll, you know, do a couple every episode. Uh all right, so your first question, Connor. Who broke up at least 81 no-hitters with a home run? What? (laughs) In their career. (laughs) What?
0: Oh, man. Um, Damn, coming in with a heater.
1: We're starting off with a heater, and you are going to hate the answer.
0: What team do they play for? Can I at least get that hint?
1: Um... Notably for the Athletics, I'll give you that. McGuire? No, it was not McGuire. Is
0: it Ricky Henderson?
1: It is Ricky yeah. Henderson because he had eighty-one lead-off home runs. <laughs> I,
0: I was trying to think of someone like clearly they had to have at least eighty-one home runs in their career. Yep. And then once you, I'm I'm gonna be honest. Can't name you a whole lot of notable athletic players.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I knew that would give it away. But Ricky Henderson had 81 leadoff home runs, which obviously
0: it's the trick pitcher question. has a
1: no-hitter going into the, the first batter. <laughs> so, technically, he broke up at least 81 no-hitters with a home run.
0: That's a good one.
1: Um, all right, let me do let me do the next one. We'll do two, two an episode.
0: Sounds um, good.
1: Who's the only player in history to hit a walk-off inside the park Grand Slam home run? Hmm.
0: The
1: only player in history.
0: The only I've only I'm I'm gonna assume it's not a, within recent time. Is that correct?
1: No. It yeah. is not.
0: The only walk-off inside the park home run I've I know is like Tyler Naquin for the guardians back like a couple years ago so i'm just gonna forfeit that question
1: <laughs> all right well you were uh, one for two today uh mm-hmm. the answer we were looking for is roberto clemente and a grand slam walk-off inside the park home run on july 25th 1956 <laughs> <laughs> damn good for him all right so you are one for two currently and now we can talk about the Red Sox. <laughs>
0: now. Well, I mean, we did with Ricky Henderson, famous Red Sox. Um,
1: mm.
0: So, I guess, let's start chronologically. Um, we signed Giolito.
1: Yay! Two? Mm-hmm. Step two of, our half of step one, Your I guess, plan. Was of my of my perfect offseason for the Sox. It's like, that was one B of my perfect offseason. season. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it took, for mine. It was the first episode of Ship City we did. Completely botched the uh, George Kirby price. I think I said like, oh, you know, Verdugo, Rafaela Blaze. Nah, it's gonna be like Meyer and Casas if they want to.
1: Yeah, you're gonna get need George to Kirby. give up like, like all of your stars, your left leg, and about three hundred million dollars to
0: get them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just cross them off the list. But anyway. Sox signed Lucas Giolito Friday the 29th to a two-year, $38.5 million deal. Uh, The second year is an option. I found this from MLB Trade Rumors. So if he doesn't opt out next winter, he has a conditional option that kicks in covering 2026, where if he throws less than 140 innings, we the the Sox would have a 14-mil club option for 2026 but if he uh goes over a hundred forty he'd have there's a nineteen million dollar mutual option very complicated um
1: yeah so basically saying that they want him to reach a hundred and forty innings
0: if he's still and, here in twenty twenty five yeah
1: it, yeah
0: which i i obviously this is i think this was a they needed a pitcher who can get them innings, and mm-hmm. it might not. It, it was not pretty the last two years, but he's gonna give you innings. He's gonna give you like thirty starts, one hundred eighty innings.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you know, last year you can kind of write off. I mean, he was. It was a an interesting. He was hurt, and then he was traded, and then he was like traded. Or what was it? He, he was hurt, he, and then he was let go, and then he was traded.
0: So he was traded at the deadline to the Angels yeah. for, yeah. like, 10 games. or he had, I think he made, like, 10 starts or not even. And then yeah. the Angels just cut, like, everybody. Because yeah, they, they, they were so house. far out. And he ended up in Cleveland. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, look, Andy was also – he had some – I'm pretty sure he had some injuries last year. So, like, literally you can just count last year out. That never happened. That's a really hard situation to come out of, like – when you're moving places like that, like, you know, it's not just like, oh, you you were having a solid season and then you got – or even if you were having a down season and you got traded at the deadline. Like, this guy got cut and then he got signed and then he got cut again. And that – it all in the span of, like, three months. Like, that's tough. That's a tough – it's a tough one.
0: Well, so – he, it's kind of like a, a tale of two halves of 2023 with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the White Sox, he had a 3.79 ERA. Uh, I want to say it was like 20 something starts yeah. with a 4.42 FIP, which not, not great, bad. but it's it's not it's not that bad.
1: It's back end starter production, really.
0: Mm-hmm. With the uh, Angels, it was a 6.89 ERA with a 6.81 FIP. I mean, he was just bad.
1: Yeah. I mean that was a bad fit anyways.
0: Bad fit and then Cleveland same thing. 704 ERA, 694 FIP. So
1: and and that more so can be contributed to the mental aspect of it like you mm-hmm. go to you're doing okay, you get all of a sudden traded to a place that like it's the Angels, they they are just probably the They're worst a train wreck. franchise. <laughs> they are a train wreck. And then like after like t- 10 starts it's like, all right, we're cutting you, and now you got go to go go somewhere else completely. Like the mental toll on that, he was probably just not. Well, it was
0: plus bad. everyone will tell you too, he was going through a very public divorce at the yeah. literally during the All Star break. I think it was during the Home Run Yo. Derby he announced that he and his wife were splitting up. Yeah. So obviously, mentally, you're yeah, kind of That's cooked. one thing that
1: people. one thing that people forget too when they talk about athletes. Like it's like it's supposed to be like, oh, he's this machine that can give you like. You know, this is their production. They should do it. You know, week in, week out. This is how they do. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a lot. The personal. The, these people are human beings. The personal aspect and mental aspect of these things can take a heavy toll on a person.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, twenty twenty two. He wasn't that good either, to be honest. Like mm-hmm. he, had, he, that's where he started to show some regression. It was right around like the sticky stuff ban. Where like his spin right ju- spin rate took a nice decline, mm-hmm. and his fastball has just kind of been bad ever since. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, like uh, Red Sox stats, great follow on Twitter, broke down like his fastball last year. Uh after July 10th, it was hit. For a three thirty three average, an eight forty nine slug, it was uh, hard hit fi- almost sixty percent of the time, and barreled like a, f- a fifth of each time he threw mm-hmm. it. Like it was just bad. But but you got one of the, I guess like he was the the cash cow of pitching coaches available in Andrew Bailey. Mm-hmm. Who has made his name for being able to fix guys who showed flashes but never put it all together. And with Giolito, he at least had the floor of from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty one, he was getting Cy Young votes. Like he was yeah, a legit right. frontline guy. Is he that still? Probably not. He but be. he could be. That's the thing. It's it's very much a could be.
1: I mean, you think about it, twenty twenty one was not that long ago, you know? And, and like, really, when you look at it, uh, when you look at the comparison between even 2022 to the first half of last year, he had improved tremendously, at least in ERA, mm-hmm. you know, the, which, I mean, hey, you know, at the end of the day, runs are runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and before, obviously, the abysmal second half, Well, like if you can tap him on the way, like this guy is obviously showing progression. You know he wants to get back to that form, and you give him a situation where you know he's working with Andrew Bailey, and obviously you've got Breslow, who is supposedly a pitching mastermind as well.
0: You brought in Justin Willard to run your new department.
1: Hey man, anything can happen, as KG says.
0: Anything's possible. Possible. Yeah. So it's it's clear that they're just hoping that he can bounce back to something of his past form. Mm. Uh, and you
1: don't need him to be Cy Young form again. You just need him to be good.
0: You need him to be. So FanGraphs projects him to make thirty-one starts, one hundred eighty-one innings, with a four-five-seven ERA.
1: I think that's high.
0: I, I yeah, ideally that's like. You want to try to get him into the high threes. I think that's Mm -hmm. that would be a good move because eighteen mil is a decent chunk of change for reasons that we're going to discuss in a bit. Um, Mm. but maybe maybe the tweak is like instead of throwing a fastball, they change it to a sinker or a cutter or something. Yeah, like there there's tweaks that can be made. Bailey has done it. You hope that, um, in an ideal world, he's back to 2020, like one of those three Cy Young years. You hope he gets there. If he opts into his deal, great. You get another year of him. If not, he doesn't. Or you can still uh, extend him the qualifying offer, get a draft pick if he signs somewhere else, which then you can flip if you are more aggressive and you do go after like a Corbin Burns or a, um, bless you, a Walker you. Bueller who might get uh, the qualifying offer as well. So you're not losing any draft assets. Mm. Um, but I will say this. The vibe on Friday was good because they had done something. The next day, Saturday, They, Craig made a bombshell or dropped a bomb Hmm. on us.
1: And, and can I just say this before we talk about the bombshell? And this is something that I've been kind of right on in the last few weeks talking about this off season is that like all of the people saying online, all of the fans being like, Hey, you know, why aren't we doing anything? Why aren't, why aren't we hearing anything? Why aren't we, you know, obviously the Red Sox are working very quietly. Mm-hmm. because leading up to the giolito signing yeah there were like milling about like yeah there's interest and then all, all of a sudden there's a deal mm-hmm. um and then
0: <laughs> then the uh we get a little mac daddy from them so the red sox mm-hmm. trade chris sale and 17 million dollars to the atlanta braves for second baseman Vaughn grisham now. I was traveling to go to my girlfriend's family's house for or her extended family's house for a little belated Christmas party. So I did not see mm-hmm. it when this news broke. I just got a DM from you that said, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and I didn't have like service at the time. So oh it was Oh god,
1: so you were probably freaking out.
0: <laughs> well, anytime I see and I do appreciate that you just DM me from the the now views from the monster account instead of like yeah. your personal Twitter or uh film box Twitter. So yeah. I knew it was something baseball related. Yeah. <laughs> and then once it did finally load, I was like, Oh my God.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is, you know, we talked about, again, we talked about like when they were looking for, or when they, I think it was when they first announced Breslow. Do we have a podcast when we first announced Breslow?
0: Yeah, I think it was our second episode.
1: Yeah. That he needed to make do something where he was just like laying laying it all out on the table. Mm-hmm. Be like, "Hey, I'm here to play." And uh yeah, this was this was it, really. <laughs> this this
0: was it. Yeah. So, let's start with Chris Sale. The guy leaving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um obviously injuries really caught up to him. In like the last couple years of his contract yeah. um which sucked because like we got him in 2017 2017 2018 that's a 2019 chris sale maybe the most fun i've had watching a pitcher
1: yeah he's he was electric
0: yeah and i still remember where i was when we traded for him i was literally in high school i went uh i baseball coach was uh the english teacher that i had he was also a red Sox fan so i literally like ran to his room and i said we just traded for chris sale and he was like what we give up and i said i don't care (laughs) um
1: i mean there there are things that you can say about chris sale and his time here and you know stuff like that but like be you can't say that he didn't care about the game cuz oh he cared God. he i mean he wanted to play more than anything and he was he's a competitive he's accountable he's all the things that you want in a player like this this is a guy that no matter what he's going to go to work every day and he's going to make sure that he can be the best he can be and be the best teammate he can be and perform the best when he can you know mm-hmm. there's nothing there i mean there is there's nothing about the guy that you don't like from a from a teammate and player perspective.
0: Yeah, I loved his mentality. He was a psycho. Whether it was like yeah. when he was like rehabbing in Triple A and he had like a bad outing so he just like like ripped all the TVs off the wall in like uh <laughs> Worcester. And, and
1: some people might find that a bit controversial, but like, hey, every team needs a guy like that. Like if you don't, oh if you're just God, a bunch yeah. of dudes that just sit around in zen all day and it's like, you're, you're, you're going, no, you need yeah. a dude that's going to be like, I will slap you and I will kill everyone in here. I was going to say, I love you.
0: Chris, well, Chris sale is like the type of guy, like he was that much of a competitor where if he said, listen, I will give you five healthy years, but you have to kill like a man just in broad daylight He he would have had that man killed before you finished that sentence. Like that's how much he wanted to just He'd literally
1: be like, I got it, what do you want?
0: (laughs) (laughs) He he just he wanted to be out there every opportunity he could and it must have been like so mentally draining to just have your body fail you and have to sit on the side. Yeah. Yeah. So they eat seventeen mil. Of that contract, so they end up saving around ten mil. And again, mm-hmm. I hate that we're I'm bringing up savings, but we will get to yeah. that later.
1: But we'll we'll talk about that. Um, um, but I mean, and and to the point of sale, like we say all these great things about him, you know, and you can't rave about him enough. But also, the last few years have been horrible for the for the Red Sox and their payroll. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, it's just it's calling a spade a spade. You know, as much as you like the guy, and he he's immensely talented. He couldn't stay on the field, and it was costing. a bad, the, a bad contract yeah. by Dombrowski. Bad extension, yeah, bad extension.
0: Mm-hmm. But I mean, but, I it, it's one of those where, like, in the moment you make it like ten times out of ten. Yeah, but rose
1: tint, rose tinted glasses will always make things. You
0: know, well, winning a winning a World Series is going to be like yeah. Give Nate his contract. Give uh, Chris Sale his contract. And then before you know it, now you are in a position where you need to trade Mookie with David Price to get under the fucking tax. Um, mm. But in return for Chris Sale, we're getting Von Grisham. Now, I don't know if you remember, he made his debut in 2022 against the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. famously hit a moon bomb. I want to say it was his <laughs> third at-bat off Darwinsen and pimped the everlasting shit out of it. Yep. It just right off there, like, best first impression you could have made. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, it's like, oh, this is the guy that absolutely rocked a home run off of us in his debut? Yeah, I'm good. We're, first, his we'll first him. hit,
0: too. <laughs> yeah.
1: His first hit
0: um but so grissom he's 23 six years of control left uh mm. i think it's like 700k like whatever the the minimum is um he's already being slotted in at second base which yeah it's interesting that this is how they address the need at second base um i know i talked about like oh like brandon jury's my guy one year like He'll hit, he'll play defense, and then he's not going to block any prospects. Now mm-hmm. you now you go out and you get essentially a prospect. Like he still has mm-hmm. his full six years of control left. He's 23. Or he'll he will be 23 on opening 22. day. Yeah, he'll be at 23 yeah. on opening day. Um and his profile is very, very interesting. He is like a very good he makes he is a very contact-oriented guy. Um, mm-hmm. Great feel for the zone. A lot of people think that he's going to be hitting in like 280s or at the very worst, like 270s. Yep. Um, his thing is, though, he not a ton of power, even though he did pimp that home run off of us, but second base, you, you don't need it, really.
1: Look, if you can get on base... That's perfect. That's, Look, you know you are gonna. Not every run is a home run. Mm -hmm. If you can get on base, that's the most important thing.
0: Yeah, Um, and I guess the big knock against Grisham has been his defense. With the Braves, he was competing with uh, Orlando Arcia for shortstop uh, last year. Couldn't win the spot. Uh, His defense was kind of bad. As short, like he just mm-hmm. didn't really have the range. His arm kind of looks a bit soft at times. But um, I think this deal isn't be- uh, the Braves didn't trade him because, like, he's not an infielder, or mm-hmm. it's because the Atlanta Braves have the best lineup in baseball, they have a perennial all star second base in Ozzy Albies. They're trying him out at third base and left field in uh, winter ball. Guess what? They have perennial all star Austin Riley at third base, and they just traded for Jared Kelnick for left field. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy who was blocked off, and now he's going to get an opportunity here.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. And this isn't like that. They, they got like a team scraps, really. Like to your point, this mm-hmm. is this is a dude that like. Is good and will be a good MLB player most likely, but just not on the Braves. Just didn't have a spot. Yeah, And that happens. It's like it basically like a a greater version of the Dahlbeck situation with the Sox. Really, is what it comes down to. Is like yeah, if Dahlbeck was good, you know,
0: then it, we. Would if Dahlbeck have
1: this guy. was better, but like even even still, like Dahlbeck still could be like a low a low end MLB player, but at this point he's never going to get out of triple a AAA for the Red Sox. Cause we have Casas and we have guys that can play his position. already.
0: No matter how much people want to try to make it happen. Like Cora saying that he still plans to factor into 2024. It can't be here. Like, no
1: dude. No yeah. No way. At,
0: at, I get it. He hits 500 full home runs. He's going to strike out <laughs> like half the time in between those yeah. home runs. Yeah. It's just unplayable. And,
1: so I want to point out too. I'm looking at Vaughn Grissom's. Is it Grissom or Grisham?
0: I think Grisham. Like it maybe okay. that sh sound, but that just might be my right, speech so. impediment.
1: <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, so he has, uh, 44 career games at second base in the MLB. Mm-hmm. Uh, 974 fielding percentage, which is not bad. Um, I don't know any outs above average or anything like that. I don't have that readily on hand. Um, in the minors, he's got 50 games at um, at second base with a 985 fielding percentage. Versus his highest is 234 games in the minors with a 952 fielding percentage. So mm-hmm. obviously much less. And in the MLB, it is also much less than a 914 yeah two twenty-one games so obviously the even the numbers just in terms of pure fielding percentage put him at a better as better at second base so it's great that we're filling a need there
0: and that's the thing there's no expectation that he is he's like he's not competing for a shortstop like for all right. of Trevor Story's warts with the bat, he is a phenomenal defender that you do not have to worry and he, about.
1: And the bat's going to come back. I, I have the feel, that, I have a feeling, man.
0: That's one of my biggest predictions. With well, it was going to be with Sale too, but this is like the first time since he became a Red Sox where he's going to have a normal off season. Yeah, I, I think he bounces back, and I think he 100%. is maybe not All Star Trevor Story, but I think he is back to like, like two sixty. With like twenty some home runs and twenty steals, something like that.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, Chris Cotillo, our, our good friend at Mass Live, uh, predicts that Trevor Story will be an All Star again in twenty twenty four. So
0: I think with we'll with him and Massa, I just think having like a normal off season. Now that uh, there's no World, World Baseball Classic, because I think that played into why Yoshida kind of. Uh, faltered towards the end of the year, just being yeah. exhausted. literally
1: playing for like 11 months straight.
0: Yeah. I think they are two people who are going to have big bounce back years. Mm. Um, cool. But with Grisham, something that's just worth pointing out too is like he flew through the minors. Like yeah. he was drafted in 2019. 2020, there was no season because yep. of COVID. 2021, he was in, like, A ball, low and high. 22, he went from high A to double A to the majors all in one year. Mm -hmm. It was to fill a need, but, you know, he still – he was hitting at every single level. And then 2023, he got most of his run at triple A, which, you know, that's how most people will develop. And he was very good, 330 average. I guess the more notable things is his walk rate and strikeout rate were within, like, 2% of each other. 12% 12 walk rate, 14% K rate. Like, that's beautiful. Yeah. The power will come And Fenway. Well,
1: the thing to remember with all of this, all of this talk about this kid, is he is 22 years old. Mm Mm-hmm. Like this isn't a dude who's like we're not signing a guy who's 34 and on the back half of his. It's career. not Whit Merrifield. Like, this is like you right. know. This is a guy with, with Whit. You like to your point. You know what you're getting with Whit Merrifield. He's gonna mm-hmm. get. This is how he's been for 10 years. This kid. He's been in. He's barely been in the league. You mm-hmm. know. He's just starting, but already he's got this talent and ability that's only gonna grow. You know just like with any any other sport and i think i feel like it's lost on baseball more often because of how much attention gets put into people coming up through the minors but like there's so much room to grow yeah you know you look at basketball a guy like mm. you know if we had just written off for example if the celtics had just written off jalen brown as a role player when he averaged 6 points per game in his rookie year i mean like what are you going to do i was
0: going to say basketball is <laughs> probably rookie. the best comparison because you're in the league at like 18 19 and like your first contracts coming when you're 22 essentially like you are so young and still have so much time before your peak but and people just think like okay well he can't contend against like lebron when he's still a teenager can't drink like i don't think he's gonna be good like that's such a bad way no shit
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, like, of course the guy's not going to be LeBron in year one. LeBron wasn't even LeBron in year one.
0: Mm-hmm. Plus, with with Grissom, too, like, everything about him as a person, too, is great. Like, w- he knew that with the Atlanta Braves, like, his he was going to have to, like, work his ass off to get a spot on that team. You know, he was learning third base and left field this winter. Um, when they were talking about this trade happening, uh, the Braves GM called him and said, Hey, like we need, you're going to end up being moved for pitching. And Grisham said, well, I can pitch like yeah. <laughs> the dude just wants to play.
1: Yep. Um, he just wants it. And that's, that's something else you, you don't want a guy like, like, you know, certain players who are now in the Yankees, um, counting down the who, weeks of the
0: season ends.
1: Yeah. Right. Man, I can't wait to go to Cabo and and relax on the pool. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So I think just giving him the opportunity to play, he's definitely – this is a great option compared to, like, what it would cost to get anyone else in the trade market or, like, to sign a Whit Merrifield or Ahmed Rosario, who Mm -hmm. they they had been linked to.
1: Although I will say, it wouldn't be a bad idea to – uh, have someone in the clubhouse who's a vet who can, you know, kind of show him the ropes and, and does that end up being like a Trevor story?
0: I think it is Maybe. because they were talking about how he he wanted to take that like step up. He wants to be like that mentor. He's he has like his defensive camp that he's putting on for all like the the minor leaguers. Like yeah. Turner he was great last year in that role as like your leader. He's not coming back.
1: Um, unfortunately I love Turner.
0: Yeah. I think in terms of like, you know, one year wonders with the Red Sox, he's going to be high up there. Yeah. Um, in
1: a down year, I mean, he was just awesome to watch.
0: Yeah. So obviously, well, even before we get there kind of feels like these moves would have been made like in reverse normally it would have been like, okay, they Mm -hmm. trade Chris sale to get, their second baseman and then they just signed Giolito. So now like that role has been filled instead. It's like you take two steps forward. You get your pitcher, a pitcher and a second baseman, but then you also give up a pitcher. So you're kind of just Mm -hmm. in the same boat now, but you have your second baseman locked up for six years. Yeah. And I think it's interesting now the whole prospect, Talk because the Red Sox are heavy on middle infield prospects. Whether it's Marcelo Meyer, Nick York, Valdez, who's already like who's had uh, MLB experience now, all the way down to like like they just took Nazan Zanatello last year, and now it's mm-hmm. kind of wonder what's going to happen with them. Um, I think. Obviously, trades are going to have to happen e- and i think i I don't think Marcelo is the one who gets moved to be honest
1: I'd be surprised
0: there's only a short list of people who a are avail who I think are available and worth it.
1: who's the most untouchable uh in the of the Red sox prospects?
0: It's tough. like if
1: if you have if someone called you if Connor Jameson is the GM mm-hmm. and someone calls you and says, "Okay, we're we're willing to trade star player A, but we want prospect
0: one, we want one of your big
1: three. Prospect one, who is the one that you're saying absolutely not to?
0: It's it's tough because I think Myers probably my most expendable of the bunch. I would say like Roman Anthony, I think has the highest ceiling now, but Kyle Teal has such a high floor, even without that ceiling. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, I might just lean teal because they need catching, like long-term catching help, and they have like none of it in their system. Whereas with Roman Anthony, you still have like Miguel Blaze, who's back to taking swings and he's someone i'm still really high on Like i, don't, I would mm-hmm. hope they don't trade him this year just so if they do want to trade him give him at least a year to rebuild his uh value yeah but if it's between roman anthony and kyle teal for me i almost yeah i mean i anthony. i would
1: say i would say teal really when you really look at it because like teal is a guy one who has the potential, I mean, he just got drafted, but he has the potential to be a contributing factor, like, now. Mm-hmm. Like, he could be, like, realistically in the majors this year. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that alone is is valuable. But also, too, when you look at, like, catchers, the talent level of, like, especially hitting catchers, of which he can be, mm-hmm. is... Like, you, you've got a very select few people in the league. And if we're just looking at raw, like, talent from the catching position, a guy like Connor Wong is... He's a good backup. I mean, he he's fine. You know, yeah, he's not the greatest hitter, but he's still a good catcher. Mm-hmm. Like, he was, for a while, one, our everyday catcher because we had no one else on the roster. Mm-hmm. So he was out there every single day, and he was good defensively. Like up there with um, among the better half of the league in terms of catching ability. But a guy like Teal who can do that and also hit the ball, that's not something you see all the time.
0: Yeah. Like I think if you said who who has like a 10-year career with the Sox, a couple All-Star games thrown in there, but it's just rock steady of all of those big three, I'd say it's him. Mm-hmm. I just, I think like the ceiling is probably maybe the lowest, but that's just because he hasn't quite tapped into like the power yet. But I just mm-hmm. think the floor of a catcher, a good defensive catcher, not just like throwing guys out too, but framing he's very good at plus mm-hmm. uh, just being able to hit for like a high ish average. Is incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially now that they have Grisham, I do think yeah. uh, Meyer. If they do decide to make like that, if Craig makes that next big dick move, it's probably with Meyer.
1: Yeah, I would say so, unfortunately, because I, I, I was really hoping to be able to see Meyer. There's been so much hype around him for the last two years, really.
0: Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, too. But. I'm not convinced that they do that. I don't think that they mm. – maybe it's just like this offseason off season has just been so draining from like a Red Sox perspective of like um, they're not really in on anyone and it's kind of clear that they're not – Ownership is not giving their full, like, go-ahead on this Mm -hmm. year. So I feel like... Yeah,
1: why don't you talk about that?
0: Yeah. (laughs) So apparently Chris Cotillo reported that the uh, Red Sox had been talking to some agents and they said they needed to clear salary before offering a deal. Mind you, they are still – or after the – I think this came after the Chris Sale deal. So they still had like 20, 30 mil before they hit the first luxury tax threshold. Mm -hmm. It was also reported that they had given Bloom a 225 mil budget last year, even though the first threshold was set at 233. They are forecasting that – maybe they maybe they do want to win but they don't want to win at the expense of their pocket mm-hmm. which is incredibly frustrating mm-hmm. um especially at a time where like the Red Sox have Nesson so they're set with their TV deal and every don't even get me started on Nesson Yeah, I don't love Nesson but compared to like Every other team, it feels like, that doesn't have their own network. They're, like, all these TV deals are, like, falling through because, like, Bali and Diamond Sports went bankrupt. So, Mm -hmm. so many teams are looking to shed salary. This should be the time where you capitalize. But they won't. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, Kylian Mbappe is going to be a... (laughs) trying to get him to liverpool
1: i mean obviously that those two things are totally unrelated yeah no i just but
0: if you think but your
1: point your point stands i mean really it comes down to the owners being cheap and they don't need to be you know, it's it really what it does. What it comes down to is the fact that the owners don't see the Red Sox as a sports organization; they see it as a money making machine.
0: It's it's their top investment. It, when they yeah. want to uh, get involved with the PGA, I said it last time. Like this is like this is their way of like uh, this is their credit check. Like, yeah, we can put a three bill. Yeah. We're good for it. Look at the Red Sox. Look at our profits here. Like. It doesn't yeah. matter that they have the pirates, or the, not the pirates, the penguins, and the in uh, Liverpool,
1: mm-hmm. um, and uh, and others. They're in other investments.
0: On... You have fucking LeBron have in the group now, too. What was that?
1: Yeah, they also have Leeds United out in to what was well used to be in the Premier League and now they're in the Champions yeah it, Championship. But but the thing is too, they're also look,
0: still looking to get into the NBA as well, like. Mm-hmm at this point it's very clear that they this it's all business moves with mm-hmm. with Fenway or the Red Sox just being like the hey we are good for the money we have this cash cow in our pocket um yeah
1: but like you know it, it comes to a point where henry is what like seven, he's in his 70s like he's not He's not getting any younger. It's no spring chicken. And yeah, and they are like at some point it has to be said like, okay, guys, you you're worth
0: five billion. You know,
1: John Henry, you're worth five billion. How much more money do you want to make before you die? Like you got five billion already.
0: It's not even like like this is generations upon generations of wealth bestowed upon his yeah. his bloodline essentially.
1: Like literally his his great grandkids will be set for life.
0: Their grandkids like, what more will do
1: you want.
0: Um Yeah, it, it sucks that this is the way it's being the team is being run. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm happy that like Ken Rosenthal is like every time that someone mentions the Red Sox, he just trashes them. He's like I thought the Red Sox were a large market team like they have the money they're just acting like a small market team. Yeah. Pathetic. And I feel I feel bad. You f- know
1: who you know who should buy the Red Sox? Who? Wick.
0: Dude, I was literally thinking about that too because like th- Wick is such a good owner because Wick Rouspick f- yeah, is the owner of Celtics, the Celtics, by the way. By the way. <laughs> um, he cuz a not only is he very rich but b He's very upfront with like his mm-hmm. expectations with his money. Like for a couple of seasons ago, it was like he made it clear, like I'm not going to pay the tax for a team that is not like a serious contender. The second that they became that, he was like, "Fuck it, we're all in."
1: Yeah, it, it, yeah. He's a guy that is well, is smart with his money, but like when a team's like when, when a team's ready to go contend. He's all in. Like spend it. He's give, at every game. I don't give a rat's ass. He cares.
0: <laughs> That's the thing you can never say yeah. about him is that he doesn't care. He's like, this is just some investment for him. Like, no. Like, if the Celtics yeah. lose on, like, if they lose tonight against the Thunder, like, Wick is probably going to be pissed. Yeah. Um, but.
1: And uh and on the flip side, you have a guy who literally hasn't spoken to the media in four years.
0: Yeah, when he did, when he spoke at like a town hall for last winter weekend, it was the most tone deaf thing he could ever have done. Mm-hmm. Like checking his watch and saying baseball players are Got expensive. Out of the yeah. yeah, it's just like, yes, him, Fenway Sports Group, they're responsible for for World Series, like breaking the the curse. This is such a "what have you done for me lately" market to the point where, like, mm-hmm. yes, you thank you for twenty eighteen. That was, what, six years ago. Now, we have yeah. had more last place finishes than playoff appearances since then. Like it's it's unacceptable. Fans don't aren't, aren't going to give you that like respect anymore because this is now it's ta- this is a town, as we had named the last podcast after. That is just no. It's title town ship city. Some it's would say
1: championship city. Mm-hmm. and we've all we've come full circle yeah (laughs) um wow Uh, but it's just like no no go ahead yeah it's just i don't know i don't want to harp on it much more but like to your point you know this is a guy who's made enough money who's owns a baseball team you know you say players are expensive well no shit you own a baseball team yeah you don't, it's, it, you don't want to pay for players. Sell the fucking team.
0: It's it's like they are still operating in 2004, sense of money, or like that era when they were like, you know, mm. still top two in payroll, or they would be comfortable doing that. I mean, yes, they did in 2018, mm. but I think that took like Dave Dombrowski, like strong arming them to do it. Um, yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, like 200 mil pay uh, payroll. That's, that's gotta be what we're what like top two and now it's like 200 mil is not even close to the uh luxury tax mm-hmm. um it sucks but Anyways. if if this is the reality we're gonna be living in so be it there's there's still pictures to be had i think like i was yeah. saying earlier i don't think they're gonna be in the big fish market but they're they're like interesting names who still have like a lot of control left people like yeah. uh jp sears or luis medina in oakland or las vegas now i guess you know two guys that were in the frankie montas deal who have shown some flashes maybe again you're hoping andrew bailey can i uh, get them super consistent you have like bryce miller brian Wu in uh, seattle another two guys who have flashed a lot but definitely could use a bit more consistency, maybe some better coaching. I don't know because
1: but then at the end of the day you're still, you know, you kind of start right where you ended where you know, you go into this offseason you need two arms. You acquire an arm and then you get rid of an arm. So now you still need two arms. So mm-hmm. if you only get one arm, you still need another arm.
0: Yeah, well, I was looking at uh, the Fangraph's roster uh, resource tool, which is very cool. Um, so our current rotation is projected to be Lucas Giolito, Brian Bello, Beo, sorry, can't believe I did that, uh, Nick Pavetta, Tanner Howe, Cutter Crawford.
1: Mm.
0: Three, I would say Giolito, Bello, and Pavetta should be locked. Because I I've kind of come full circle on Nick Pavetta. I think he, he oh dude, he's very good.
1: If, I mean, if he can if he can do what he did at the end of the last season,
0: once he once he I'm started throwing a sweeper, he was like one of the best pitchers in baseball. And he's a he's an innings yeah. guy too. So there's that. And then Cutter Crawford, Tanner Houck, they're still talking about trading like Kenley Jansen or Chris Martin. Maybe both. Both saves you twenty three mm-hmm. mil. One of those, one of these guys could be your closer, if the other, if uh, they're not starting. Yeah. Yep. Um, which Kenley, it sounds like it's a foregone conclusion that he's gone.
1: Unfortunately, I liked it. Well, he was great. He was great.
0: Yeah, he was good. But Loved
1: watching him pitch, but the
0: expectation with this team, it doesn't need a sixteen mil a year closer. So maybe yeah. Rangers, Dodgers, Mets, Cardinals. All could be interested, maybe even the Astros if they eat money, but the Astros don't really have any one interesting to send back. Um not that you Framber. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh <laughs> Um That you're not gonna get a great return, but clearly it's about the money. It's not really about the product, mm. so that right just trade them both
1: save me money mm-hmm.
0: yeah and then I don't
1: know look I, I i I until he proves otherwise I have faith that um I almost said bloom <laughs> that Breslow will do everything he can to put together the best roster possible he's not gonna go digging for he's obviously proven that he's not gonna go dig, digging for scraps mm-hmm. you know even with the limited budget I mean Gilito was even at his current form, one of the better available back end starters Mm -hmm. and moving Chris sale to acquire a young controllable second baseman. That's not a scraps move. That's a heavy hitter. Like I'm here. I'm not here to to play around move. Yeah. And so until he proves otherwise, you know, I'm going to believe that he's going to do everything he can to make a move that will save ownership money. But also help improve the team. He's not going to sign Corey Kluber. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I think the
0: encouraging thing, too, is with the Chris Sale deal, I think it's being reported that he was very adamant that they get Vaughn Grisham out of it, Um, Mm. which I I like. I liked that determination. Like they identified a guy, and he kind of, I don't want to say he strong armed them because, like, when healthy Chris Sale was pretty good last year, especially when he wasn't facing the Orioles, but um now he won't have to. <laughs> and now yeah. now the Braves have a top lineup and top rotation in baseball. So Oh my god. But I what like that saying? he he's identifying people and he's saying like, "Yes, that's the guy we're getting him." I even on a smaller and, scale.
1: And it's setting up the team for success this year but also success in future years. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, let's face it, the Braves have probably the most insane lineup in baseball aside from what the Dodgers are throwing out every every week.
0: I mean, I'd argue every day; it's probably still the best. I, th- I just think one it to nine, they're pretty, deeper. I mean,
1: they're pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, so really, Breslow, your job is to – Get the team back to playoff form, and also be able to maintain that form for the next few years too. And listen, we just so that
0: we just saw a World Series where a wild card team almost ran the table. Like, mm-hmm. will you be a World Series contender? No, but all you have to you? all you have to do is get to the playoffs because anything can happen. Anything is possible.
1: Literally, I would say <laughs> again. Take times two, <laughs> but it's so true. Baseball is probably the one sport where, like,
0: you just got to get hot. That
1: happens. That happens more often than not. Mm-hmm. Um, where a team, you know, will squeak into the playoffs and then all of a sudden they make a run because they get hot at the right time. Like you don't see that much in other sports where you know, like, NBA, it literally happened to the Red
0: Sox uh, in twenty twenty one. They literally just yeah. ran the table last week. F- fought their way into the playoffs and then we saw what happened. Almost happened. One bad call and yeah. maybe they're facing off against the Braves and potentially losing to a mm-hmm. Jorge Soler bomb. <laughs> uh,
1: but no, I mean it, it's true. Like Baseball is one of those sports where anything can happen so if you put your team set your team up for success to get them into the playoffs
0: anything can happen.
1: Then you never know. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it you get yourself ready to go for next year where now, okay, we've had a year. Now we can improve again with this year's batch of free agents. And, and you're so much you know, more attractive, too, now.
0: Again. Instead of say, mm-hmm. uh, coming off of back-to-back last place finishes, now it's like, okay, this is a team that is serious. Like,
1: Yeah, something that can be built on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But they have a lot of work to do still. Mm-hmm. So, recapping, they still got to get at least one um, more pitcher. Probably two more teacher. To, teachers. Uh, to me, two more pitchers. Shush. <laughs> um if you don't if you if you're okay with running um Crawford out uh as well as your fifth pitcher, uh alongside Pavetta, then you need one more. If you want to avoid that uh then you need two more. Um you still need uh a right-handed hitter of some kind would still really be helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then um, their lineup also on this roster projector, it's Duran leading off Devers, Casas, and Trevor Story's your four hitter, which I know we just talked, we talked about how we think that he's going to bounce back, but I, I still would like some, another variety with some pops to break up that, that stretch. Mm-hmm. If whether it's Teo. Teoscar Hernandez or Jorge Soler could have been JT, but probably not. Just gets a nice righty bopper, and this lineup is scary again, I'd say.
1: Yeah. Yep. Because, yep. I mean, you think about it, you know, the team for the first half of the season when they were yeah, – I mean, aside from Duval Going out, they were relatively healthy and they were playing really well, mm-hmm. you know. And now you re- you replace, um, you replace Verdugo in the lineup with O'Neill, or Willier. most likely, or Willier who's also you know really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, or you can platoon those two, mm-hmm. and then you can get someone to play outfield and move Yoshida into DH, or you get someone to just DH and try it and hope that yoshida improves his outfield play
0: mm-hmm. which i think is a little
1: and you add a guy into second base who can actually play second base who can hit
0: <laughs> all they need is just yeah. average that's how bad it was last year like they they were throwing I mean, literally we were running
1: you. we were running yu chang out there who uh d- no no hate to yu chang but like he was a walking strikeout mm-hmm. or a moon bomb there was no in and between
0: l- l- there weren't a ton of moon bombs Mm-mm. If we're being completely honest.
1: it was, And I think I mentioned this on, on the podcast uh, before. But Literally, when he would come up to bat, it felt like that. Like, all right, everyone in. This guy can't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little league.
0: That was it. Yeah. They had 12 different second basemen out at any point last year. Just... consistency yeah. please this team will at least be a bit more interesting to watch than like the last half the last stretch of 2023
1: <sighs> but yeah so um it's about time to wrap this up so let's uh let i still want to do predictions yeah i, I was gonna say let's
0: still do predictions
1: um i think once the season starts we'll do studs and duds again mm-hmm um but uh for now let's start with predictions. Connor, what predictions do you have for the next week?
0: I think Henley's getting traded.
1: Yeah. Do you have an idea for who we might get traded for?
0: So I am a little bit of a psycho and I was like looking up a bunch mm-hmm. of different um like prospect lists. I think I think ideally you send him to the Dodgers. Because a, I think they'll take all that money. And again, their their mm-hmm. window for as much money as they spent, they still don't have the most success in like the postseason. So they definitely need. Mm-hmm. They could use uh, a, just a back end guy. There's a kid named Ronan Kopp. He's a six seven left hander, hits ninety nine. Um, only had a hundred thirty six innings in the minors though, but. It's a it's a lottery ticket, and he's not that high up on the the Dodgers system. Maybe that's someone you target It's like a big guy with good extension, good velocity, and you can teach him how to just throw strikes. Okay, interesting. <laughs> Much deeper than I think you thought.
1: No, yeah, I, I wasn't sure who you were gonna go with, but I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the very least, Jansen. Any any other moves you think are gonna happen?
0: I think. Did you see there was like a Reddit post going around of how of this guy saying he had it on good yeah. authority that Blake Snell was going to sign here? Yeah. I don't believe I it. I would be shocked. I don't believe it. I would be shocked. But no, I don't think. I think just a Jansen move, maybe because they, they claimed another pitcher today, mm. just like another bullpen, like triple A arm. Like, not, nothing too exciting there, but. I think I think Jansen will be the big move next week.
1: Yeah. Fair what enough. What about you? Cool. Uh, well, um, I think, I guess in a broader sense of not necessarily Red Sox, but I do think that the dominoes are going to fall and one of Snell or Montgomery are going to sign, and that's going to trigger the fire sale that everyone else is going to start signing to. Mm-hmm. Because really, it feels like it feels like like they're the domino. And as soon as the, we we thought it was going to be Yamamoto, but it it's actually going to be these two guys, the because Boris they're, guys. Um, they're Boris guys who are going to wait and they're going to take their time. But once those fall and people see like where those contracts are landing, it's going to just be a domino effect. Because like eighty percent, we're like a month away from spring training, and eighty percent of the top free agents are still available.
0: Yeah, it's crazy too. Because it's not even it's not just the pitchers like. Boris has Matt Chapman and Bellinger. It, mm-hmm. I would say that's like the last of like the good position players available. Mm-hmm. I, th- yeah, I think it'll trigger the trade market, which has, I mean, outside the Chris Sale move so far and like the Soto deal, kind of been a little quiet.
1: Yeah, but I think one of those guys signs and that triggers the fire sale. Uh, do I think the Red Sox will get either of them? No, I. Don't. Although I'm still holding out for a Montgomery surprise, mm-hmm. a nice uh, Mon- uh, a Monty bomb. Uh, but, you know, look, at, at the end of the day, they're going to they're going to I think they're going to end up signing another pitcher off the market and or they're going to get the Teoscar deal done. So mm-hmm. I guess my my bold prediction is that um, one of those two big guy big stars signs somewhere and that triggers it and also the Tay Oscar deal goes.
0: I hope, man. I I am just so fucking tired of like just scrolling Twitter and refreshing just waiting for something yep. to happen and nothing is happening.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, we'll find out next week. Mhm. All right, well let's uh let's wrap this up. Rat it up. Um so Thank you for listening. I want to uh, want to thank you for listening to this new iteration. We're still kind of figuring it out a little bit, but we like being able to focus in on baseball. So, thank you for listening to Views from the Monster, a uh, a wonderful new Red Sox podcast. Really, is what I think of it. Um, and uh, if you like it, subscribe, leave a rating, share it. You know, all that fun stuff. It helps us out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow us on twitter and it sh- i might need to change it but by the time this goes out it will be um probably uh views from at like at views from monster pod and <laughs> yeah, we're still at Chip to that City degree pod yeah uh but it'll be linked in the in the show notes so don't worry about it you know and then uh yeah that'll uh i think that'll just about do it we'll see you next week with hopefully some new Red Sox moves that we can talk about.
0: Mm -hmm. We'll see you guys next time.